Welcome to the Managing the Smart Mind podcast with your host, Coach Kramer. This is episode 59, a week in the life of your smart neurodivergent coach and podcast host. Hello and welcome smart human to this one year anniversary episode. I am so proud and delighted that I've been able to consistently create valuable content for you and that it has now been discovered by smart humans in 95 different countries. I'm just looking at the stats here and we're at almost 17,500 downloads, which is worth a celebration in itself. So a massive thank you to all you listeners from those 95 countries and 1,683 cities. I so, so appreciate you. And I'd love to meet you. More about that later. Now, in the run-up to this anniversary, I asked you what you would like me to talk about on the podcast. And one of the most requested topics was for me to talk about what my week actually looks like. And I love this question because I think some of you may be getting the wrong idea, as in you're getting a slightly skewed image of me as someone, uh, because of everything I'm sharing, as someone who, who perfectly knows how to manage your mind and life and has all her ducks in a row. And this is just another symptom of the perfectionist thinking that our brain uses to make us feel safe and that you are now projecting onto me. And trust me, I am very far from perfect and that's totally okay. <laughs> So on this episode, I'm going to take you along with me through my week and share a little bit of how I've organized things to help my smart mind and what I still find hard and how I keep things very interesting, right? Basically, everything I do to make this whole show run. So enjoy. Okay, so it's Monday morning. And I have to admit, I do almost always wake up very excited because I genuinely love my work. Now, as some of you already know, I batch what I do because task switching costs me a ton of energy. And Monday is coaching day. But let's start first with my morning ritual. I tend to wake up naturally between 6 and 7am unless I've been overstimulated the night before, in which case I'll probably sleep in until 8 I never need to set an alarm clock. I just wake up, which is super cool and also super weird because I have severe time blindness when it comes to projects. But when it comes to the 24-hour cycle, my body seems to know exactly what time of day it is. So interesting. So I will just wake up and the first thing I'll do is slip on a very soft and comfortable bathrobe and then go downstairs to make my first cup of coffee. So good. Now, once I've got that, I sit down on the sofa with my iPad too. Now, I bet you were thinking I was going to do something massively productive here, right? Like connect with my inner self, do some journaling. Nope. This is the moment where I ease into the day by playing a game or two of Hearthstone, which is a kind of strategic card game World of Warcraft spin-off. And then after having my ass got kicked by a random 14-year-old called XX2018 Lord of Doom, or after kicking someone else's booty, I get up to make myself breakfast. Now, 
I eat the exact same breakfast every day, unless I'm traveling or my husband or daughter decides to cook something amazing. And this is what it is. Blueberries, salted almonds, Brazil nuts, and full fat yogurt. That's it. Same thing every day. And it is perfect. Now, as you'll know, if you've ever attended my workshops on decision making, I love to create rules to make my life easier. And this is one of them. Same breakfast every day. Is it boring? Yes, of course. And don't get me wrong. I actually love food. I'm a total foodie, but only when I have the time and attention for it. And in the morning, my brain is usually already way out there thinking about podcast topics, coaching clients, stuff I'm learning, new models and content to create, books I'm reading, etc., etc. And not to mention what's going on in the world. So adding decisions about breakfast to the mix will be very counterproductive. And then also have a very nice cup of tea. I love jasmine tea or most pocket teas. And no, they did not pay me to talk about them. And yes, I absolutely love them and their beautiful packaging design. So that's a joy in itself. Then if I remember, which is on most days, I take my uh, magnesium concoction and vitamin D pills. I have to take these for several reasons. Um, one of them being that I'm actually allergic to the sun, which really sucks. Uh, so I don't get a lot of uh, sunshine and hence don't create a lot of vitamin D. Now I guess out the pills and then I often will find them 10 minutes later still sitting on the table. I've drank all my water and tea because ADHD brain, it's not a problem. I'll just get more water and then swallow them. Then I'll get cleaned up and dressed. And again, part of this, by the way, means reapplying deodorant, possibly for the third time, because my brain simply can't remember if I already did it. And again, I've made it very easy on my brain with regards to what I wear. Yes, I love beautifully designed clothes, right? And I have a very limited decision-making capacity. So I wear exactly the same pair of black leggings and socks every day. Now that sounds weird. I don't mean the exact same pair. I have like 30 pairs, right? So I have 30 pairs of black leggings and socks in different like thicknesses. So I can adjust them depending on the weather and I can batch my laundry and don't need to do a lot of sorting. This also makes shopping, which I hate, very, very easy. I buy more of the same thing that works for me. I even do this with dresses. If I come across a dress I love, which is both beautiful and comfortable, I'll just buy two or, or even three of the same model, right? This could be an autistic thing. Could be. So I'll pick a fun dress to wear with the black leggings and choose a beautiful blend of perfume to set the stage for how I want to feel that day. I think I've talked earlier about how perfume can quickly get you into state uh, on the podcast. For me, it is actually a great tool. It will instantly make me feel inspired, comforted, energized, special, right? Abundant, whatever it is I need to feel on that particular day or that particular moment. And then I'm ready for the next thing I need to figure out, which is how I'm going to feed myself on that particular day. I'll quickly try to figure out whether I still have food in my office pantry, whether there is something at home I can quickly grab or whether I really need to stop by the supermarket, which I do not like. <laughs> Sometimes I have to get more coffee <laughs> and other things. And this then determines my itinerary to my beautiful studio space, which 
itinerary, I try to vary as much as possible so I do not die of commuter boredom. I will put on my life-saving Sony noise-canceling headphones, play some music to fit my mood, again, a state-setting device, and either walk or catch a tram or both, right, and then walk some more. Now, this is actually a great part of my day. It's where I do a lot of creative and associative thinking. This is where I find solutions to problems, connect dots, etc., etc. And I also have learned the hard way that I cannot trust myself in any way to remember all the ideas that come to me. So I will often stop walking for a second to make a note on my iPhone notes app. No, I do not use voice memos, in case you're wondering, because to me that just adds another layer of complexity, which I don't want to deal with. When I've reached my office, I walk up the stairs of the beautiful old building where my studio is housed. Actually, secretly hoping to avoid any human interaction because shy, introverted and autistic. And then I step into my 120 square meters private think tank lab podcast studio, basically paradise, right? All the things. And first things first, I'll make myself another nice cup of coffee and then sit down, check my mail, look at what's on my schedule for that day. Again, I give myself time to ease into things because transitions are hard on my brain and I've accepted that I can't just walk in and switch on. Maybe I'll read some articles, post something on LinkedIn, and then it's time for something massively important, setting alarms for every single appointment I have that day. I set two to three alarms for every meeting. One 10 minutes before, often another five minutes before, and then the last two minutes before. This may sound insane, but this is what my brain needs. Again, I need to ease into the next meeting, so I start preparing 10 minutes beforehand. Then I know I'll get distracted, (laughs) so I need another reminder, right? I'll be down some rabbit hole, or I've decided, oh my God, the plants need, you know, watering or whatever. Then I'll probably be well prepared and all set with maybe another three minutes to go and I will get distracted again, hence that final reminder. And this works beautifully. And where in the past I may have beaten myself up about something like this, like, why can't you just remember this is ridiculous, etc., etc. I now simply applaud myself for having figured out how to do this in a way that works for me. Now, if there's time left, on the Monday before my first um, coaching appointment, I'll move on to other things like writing, studying, creating content, admin, whatever actually feels good to me in the moment. I don't plan it. I've just learned to trust my intuition on this. And then it's time to meet clients. So fun. And this is where my hyper-focus serves me so well. Because during sessions, the only thing that exists for me is the amazing human being in front of me. So I go into these beautiful coaching bubbles. And then in between, I just try to take good care of myself and my body. So throughout the day, I'll self-regulate through dancing, using my rainbow power hula hoop, meditating with the Headspace app, which I highly recommend, walking about the office if I have a long break, walking outside, maybe playing with paint, right? Doing some mono printing, building Lego again whatever I feel I need in the moment, whatever my body, my being needs. 
I also try to make a lot of tea. Although, admittedly, this can take at least five tries, right? Like boiling the kettle, walking away, <laughs> getting distracted. And then half of an hour later thinking, oh, I was going to make some tea. So I am currently testing a new rule where I actually have to stay in the pantry until the kettle has boiled and the tea is actually made. And so far, it's been working. Another thing that I have to remind myself of is to actually eat. Much as I love food, my work is so fun and all-encompassing that it takes actually a lot of effort to pull away from it to fix food and eat it. So again, I try to make it as easy as possible by bringing ready-made salads or, or quiches or other things that don't take any executive functioning other than open this container and eat the food. <laughs> right? And sometimes I forget or I'm not able to make this work. And this is where my emergency jar of actually refrigerated peanut butter comes in handy, right? This is sort of my go-to when I have forgotten to fix easy food and I forget to eat and I'll just get some food in. Now, after my final client session, I will again need some time to wind down and transition into making my way home again. So I'll do things like water the plants, maybe tidy up some stuff, wash coffee cups, right? Basically, putter about. And then it's off to home, where usually a delicious home-cooked meal awaits me. I am a very lucky human. And during dinner, we as a family like to talk about the day, but also to solve the New York Times spelling bee of that day, right? And just be together and appreciate the lovely food we're eating. Then in the evening, I may actually do some more work, right? Write, um, create something, read a book, watch a movie, take a bath. Again, pretty much whatever feels good. And then it's time to go off to bed. I mostly feel, fall asleep quite easily, but when I'm overexcited and my brain is spinning with ideas and thoughts, like last week after watching lots and lots of South by Southwest talks, then I generally use the Headspace sleep casts and they are just brilliant. Again, highly recommended. On the rare occasions that the sleep casts don't make me go to sleep, I switch on a very boring audiobook, for example, on the history of economics or something, and that will get me going. So that is my Monday. That's what it looks like. Next up is Tuesday. And by now you know the drill because it's the same every day in the morning. So easy. Now, Tuesday is podcast day. So once I've made my way um, sort of out of the house, I've already been thinking about the topics I want to talk about. I've been thinking about the guests I'm going to interview, um, usually not just that morning, but the entire week. So this is the time I get to finalize my outlines, gather my thoughts. And sometimes I'll actually do that in a cafe rather than my studio, because again, my brain needs variety, right? And sometimes that kind of, I don't know if it's white noise or what color noise it is, but you know what I mean, right? That you get in the right type of cafe. Um, I'll just sit there and work away. And creating the podcast also involves a lot of what I call faffing about. If you're not British, um, this just means messing about, dicking about, I don't know, look it up, right? Basically, to, to another person, it looks like you're not really doing anything. You're sort of circling the thing you have to do, but not getting to it. But this is actually where a lot of stuff happens. We just don't acknowledge it enough. So I'll write something down, then I'll walk away from it. 
to a different part of my studio. Maybe I'll do something with my hands for a while. I'll get new ideas. Then maybe I'll draw a diagram or a big mind map on my flip over. I'll create some schematics. Again, I'll go off to do something completely different, right? There's lots of back and forth, but in a good, easy manner. And I've learned to trust this process. This is how I create the best stuff. And then inevitably, the moment will come when either my podcast guest appears, again, three alarms, or when it's time for me to record just by myself. And as you'll probably expect, I have lots of systems in place for the podcast too, so that anything around this that can be automated is automated and easy. Let's take a quick break. Hey, smart human, you're probably listening to this podcast because you want to learn how to manage that smart mind of yours. And the first step is actually getting your bearings, doing a little brain audit. And I have the perfect tool for that, the Mapping Your Unique Brain Workbook. And you can actually download it for free at www.coachkramer.org brain map. So that's coachkramer.org slash brain map. Go check it out and play with it and take your first step to managing your smart mind. I'll record, I'll do a little editing, I'll create the cover, upload and schedule for publication. And then it's time for date nights. On Tuesday, I do fun things with my husband. We love to go see a movie, try a new restaurant or stay at home and watch a great film or South by Southwest talks or whatever it is we feel like. Now, because again, I'm extremely sensitive to sounds, you know, um, any sensory st stimuli. I tend to bring my noise-cancelling headphones to the movie theatre. And we also try and pick restaurants that are relatively quiet and not so sensory, you know, stimulating, so overwhelming. Am I always able to go out? No, that would be lying, right? Sometimes I've already depleted all my being around humans resources for that day, which means we just stay at home. And over the years, I've learned to simply communicate this with my partner instead of pushing myself to do something I really couldn't, and then having a meltdown, right? So much better this way. Okay, let's move on to Wednesday, which is usually a mix of meeting friends or colleagues, some studying and client sessions. Now, because my client schedule on Wednesdays is lighter, I may wander about town a bit in the morning, go to a box, bookstore, buy lots of books, have coffee with a friend, or have a virtual meetup with someone. Then it's off to the studio if I'm not already there, taking time to transition, setting the alarms and doing the coaching. Thursdays, I don't generally see clients. This is like deep thinking day and some networking and, and me getting coached because I still need to get coached to people. And then on Friday, there's more coaching. And in the evening, connecting with friends if I'm not taking my daughter to her um, jujitsu practice. 
And I've talked about this a bit in the episode on, on finding friends. Like lots of my friends, I don't actually meet in real life or very rarely, maybe once or twice a year. But we connect over, I know, voice or Zoom or we'll just be exchanging messages. And I find that deeply nourishing in addition, right, to actually meeting up with actual humans. Now, I work every other Saturday, which I actually love, honestly, because the building I work in isn't completely deserted. It's so quiet. It's perfect, right? And on the Saturdays I don't work, we, my husband and I love to go and look at art. This can be at a museum or gallery nearby, but we'll also happily drive 100 miles or more, right? And then we'll have a, a nice lunch and... <laughs> I'll probably buy some books, right? These these visits usually give me lots of ideas and inspiration and are incredibly nourishing as well as fun. And yeah, uh, an opportunity to buy more books wherever we go. Now, I do often need to take a nap after these to recharge. So we try and make it home by around 3 to 4 p.m., right? If we don't have to drive too far. And then there's usually another beautiful, somewhat more elaborate home-cooked meal after which we'll do something together as a family. We love board games. I have an insane board game collection. <laughs> Hello, ADHD. <laughs> Impulse buying. Uh, but we also love to just create this kind of books and blankets, huddle on the sofa and just read our own book or to watch a film or series together. And then on Sundays, if our daughter doesn't have a concert, we like to go for a walk in nature because we live in the inner city and we all crave to spend time with trees or the sea or at least some greenery. So we'll either drive to a nature reserve or the beach and go for a nice walk. And of course, if the weather really, really sucks, we may stay inside and play games or make music, listen to it or read some more. And on Sundays, if necessary, I'll do some batch laundry and we may also have friends over or go over to theirs. But generally, Sundays are a quiet affair, right? Unless we go on another art trip. And that's my week for you. That's Monday to Sunday. Now, as you may have noticed, I do not spend any time on grocery shopping other than sourcing lunch and coffee for my studio or cleaning the house. We've outsourced this and our lives are so much better for it. And I'm insanely lucky to have both a daughter and a partner who love to cook and who aren't as dysregulated as I am by a quick trip to the supermarket for you know, missing ingredients. I also really try to batch all activities to reduce, you know, task switching. And then I have a ton of tools and hacks to keep me on track and well-regulated throughout the day. And I'll talk more about these in a later episode. So if I had to reduce all of this to my personal, and remember, these are always personal, you have to figure out what works for you with your unique brain, to my personal rules for living, they would look something like this. Da, da, da. <laughs> Coach Kramer's rules for living. What? Make as many decisions as you can ahead of time by turning them into rules or rituals. For example, breakfast. Two, within the constraints you have, switch things up to keep things interesting for your brain. Vary your route to work, randomly open an art book to get inspired, etc., etc. Three, Batch activities as much as possible to preserve energy you'd otherwise expend on task switching. Four, automate or delegate anything that you don't like or not that you're not great at where you can. 
in my case, for example, the shopping, alarms, cleaning, admin, all the things. Five, figure out your own ideal conditions that help you thrive, right? For me, that looks like a massive space with lots of different desks for different tasks, thinking on massive sheets of paper, room to move my body around, right? Plenty of time to let my subconscious figure things out, all the things. Six, try to underschedule rather than overschedule. I have tons of blank space on my calendar that may look unproductive, but actually it's what makes me both flexible and insanely productive. I've had burnout twice in my life and I never want to live and work like that again. I cannot fix my time blindness, but now I inhabit a beautiful sense of spaciousness when it comes to my work. And again, that works miracles for my energy level. Seven, do as much of the things that light you up as you possibly can. It's allowed. (laughs) Number eight, use simple prompts to get you in a useful state, right? The way I use perfume, music, all the things. And number nine, accept your own personal wants, needs, and desires. I've long held the belief that I need to be more outgoing and sociable. No more, right? Which means I actually get to enjoy staying at home to read a book. And I get to honor my desire to spend a lot of time by myself. So in general, treat the way you organize your life as a breathing, living, constantly evolving project that you get to readjust whenever you deem it necessary. And never, ever shame yourself about having to organize or do something differently from the average human. You get to do what works for you. All right. I hope that was helpful in giving you some ideas both to optimize your life and to give you permission to be even more yourself. Have a fabulous week and thank you once more for being a podcast listener. I really appreciate you. Bye-bye. smart human probably listening to this podcast because you want to learn how to manage that smart mind of yours and the first step is actually getting your bearings doing a little brain audit and i have the perfect tool for that the mapping your unique brain workbook and you can actually download it for free at www.coachkramer.org slash brain map. So that's coachkramer.org slash brain map. Go check it out and play with it and take your first step to managing your smart mind. Mm-hmm.